This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sowing the seeds of cannabis and sounding the praise of our favorite plants, it's time to Hemp Resent. Our radio resident hempo sapien Vivian McPeak will present a weekly platform for guests and listeners to Hemp Resent about hemp and cannabis from the legal, activist, and reformist route. Let's round up and roll it up for our headmaster of hemp, Vivian McPeak. Present Resistance, the weekly radio podcast where you can get your PhD in THC, and in this case, CBD, because you don't just want to burn it, you want to learn it. Seeking to defeat the alternative facts of prohibition one interview at a time and advocating for the plant, the whole plant, and nothing but the plant. Join me for weekly reefer radio rebellion against prohibition as I speak with some of the principal risk takers, movers and shakers, and history makers of the cannabis industry, culture, and reform movement. I'm your host, Vivian McPeak. I am the executive director of the world's largest annual cannabis policy reform event, the Seattle Hemp Fest, in its 28th year and founded hempfest.org. I'm also the author of the book Protestable, a 20-year retrospective of Seattle Hemp Fest from AHA Publishing, also found at hempfest.org. Today's guest on Hemp Present is Jerry Whiting of LeBlanc CNE Inc. with me momentarily. Dear Hemp Presenters, it is with great pleasure that I present today's discussion. To quote a great bohemian bard and poet laureate of the 60s generation, the times they are a changing. The farm bill is not some guy named William sitting on a tractor somewhere in the breadbasket of the American heartland, but that same fellow or lady sitting on that tractor should take note of this tremendous opportunity for economic salvation because the passing of the Agricultural Improvement Act of 2018, a.k.a. the farm bill, is one of the most profound developments of this century to date as it makes industrial hemp a legal agricultural commodity in the United States and the rest, as they say, is hempstery. Game-changing legislation allows states to become the primary regulators of the fibrous green cash crop, something that the American farmer and our planet's biosphere desperately needs. Hemp farmers will also now be eligible for crop insurance, and researchers will now qualify to apply for federal grants. Forbes magazine estimates that the cannabis industry is now poised to make the leap from an $800 million entity to a $20 billion player in 2020. Um, That's only a year from now. The Farm Bill also shifts hemp from DEA control to the Department of Agriculture. 
The years and years of shoe leather burning advocacy by many thousands of tireless community activists over decades. The Farm Bill also shifts hemp from DEA control to the Department of Agriculture. The years and years of shoe leather burning advocacy by many thousands of tireless community activists over decades has finally resulted in a massive shift from prohibition to open free market production of a plant that has always been as harmless as a lavender patch. After many years of Judge Judy Justice, the sun is shining down on the industrial hemp paradigm. But there are many dank devils in the details and imbibers of the fibers still have a hell of a lot of work to do to maximize this new opportunity of promise. So I have invited a good friend, a fellow deadhead and son of the Sangha to the virtual Hempresent compound today to bring you, as a late Paul Harvey <laughs> used to say, the rest of the story. <laughs> Jerry Whiting is the president of LeBlanc CNE Incorporated, founded in 2012 as a father and son team. LeBlanc CNE are growers and brokers of CBD-rich hemp and vintage heirloom cannabis who have developed deep roots in the Seattle vibrant cannabis community. Jerry does new product development focusing on whole plant extracts. He lectures widely on formulation strains and cultivars and writes software for the cannabis industry. Jerry is a regular speaker at Seattle Hemp Fest and Canacon. He writes a regular column for hemp on Hemp for Northwest Leaf and is active in Project CBD and the Cannabis Alliance. And he's been kind enough to join me on Hemp Present today to bring you the ganja goods. Welcome back, Jerry, to Cannabis Radio, my brother from another mother. It is always a pleasure to spend time virtual or on the airways, streamed through the interweb with you, Vivian. And you're right. This is an auspicious tectonic shift with the passage of the Farm Bill to begin 2019. What a way to do the first show of the year, my brother. It is. So, folks, if you haven't followed, HempFest always foretold this moment in history for over a quarter century People have been working. I'm late, you know, I maybe the last seven or eight or nine years for me, but I love HempFest because it's talking about the potential that has been kept away from us. So the foot in the door, as a salesperson would say, is that hemp no longer under the Controlled Substances Act. It is the, my mantra has been three words, bulk agricultural commodity, move over soybeans, step aside wheat and corn. Farmers have something else to look forward to. So let's break that down, down, Jerry. For years, hemp products have been available for legal purchase uh, from the originally ill-fitting scratchy stovepipe pamps and, and macrame female necklaces of the 90s to hemp milk, protein powder, oil, and flour in health food stores. In fact, hemp rope, yep. paper sales, canvas, the word canvas is actually derived from the word cannabis. They've been legally available for as long as anyone alive can remember. But what has changed, I believe, is where the hemp source materials will now be grown and distributed from. Am I correct? And if so, what else has changed? Well, you're right. The supply chain has been largely outside of the U.S. in origin, and we trying to consume this imported product. So much of the food, the hemp seeds, the whole hemp seeds, hemp milk, and things made from that often come from Canada, specifically Manitoba. Well, you know, while there's some people trying to eke and living out of growing uh, hemp for food, we all know it tastes great. We all know it, it's nutritious. It has one, all these wonderful benefits, but we aren't growing it here. And I dare to say the litmus test is you can ask your local county extension agent about growing a number of crops on your farm. 99% of them, God bless them for the hard work they do, have no clue how to counsel new farmers 
coming into the hemp market as to how to actually grow this stuff and process it so that they can take advantage of this, this huge shift. Huge, huge. I mean, if, if, if we, if, if the world did, if we come back to this in five years and a fraction of what we've been talking about for years and years, trees, no hemp, cow milk, no, another plant-based milk, Cotton, 25% of the world's pesticides is used on cotton. If we could just ship a portion of the fiber that we wear from cotton to hemp, not only do farmers have a chance of making some money, the, the planet gets less toxic. There's so many secondary and tertiary benefits. So, Jerry, the new federal definition of industrial hemp is cannabis sativa with less than uh, 0.3% delta-9 tetrahydrocannabinol by weight. Not total THC, not even THCA, no. which is what no, most no, no. makes just delta-9 THC. Break that down for us. What does that mean? So it means that delta-9 uh, THC is um, what gets you stoned. The plant, on the other hand, the bulk of what the plant, 85, 90% of what cannabis sativa L, be it drug cultivars or hemp or anything in between, type 1, type 2, type 3, the plant produces the acid form, THCA. The reason you can't eat pot and get high while you get healing benefits from THCA, it doesn't get you intoxicated. If you burn it, THC... Oh, yeah. When you burn it, you decarb it, and you get delta-9. If you uh, eat that, you get delta-11 through your liver. But the, the moral of the story is the farm bill is very specific. It only addresses one cannabinoid, delta-9, which the plant doesn't make a lot of. What that means? It means that a lot of cannabis sativa L, no matter what category you want to put it in, <clears throat> would pass through that eye of the needle because it doesn't make intoxicating amounts of THC. And so THC is still the boogeyman. Uh, oh, and the other backstory is botanically, taxonomically, there is no justification for this arbitrary line in the sand. Again, 0.3 delta 9 is an arbitrary legal construct. It has nothing to do with the genetics of the plant, whether strain A versus strain B, um, is hemp or not hemp. In the end, this is the salesman's foot in the door. We've gotten a huge chunk of the, of the, of the cannabis family legal. And we, this is coupled with the rising recognition of the medical benefits and hence medical marijuana laws, as well as not fearing Delta 9 and saying, you know, in terms of recreance, Cannabis is way safer and way healthier compared to alcohol or a lot of other things you can be taking. So I think it's, uh, it's really, uh, it opens it up for farmers. It opens up for people who really want to do hemp-based products uh, and a hemp-based global supply chain because it moves money and power around. We're going to have this stuff produced in the U.S. We could be a hemp exporting nation. So this didn't only take a brick out of the wall. This took a foundational stone out of the, uh, out of the foundation. Yes, yes. It's almost the keystone of the arch. The arch hasn't fallen yet, but when you look at the states that are rushing, Michigan is the big one at the, at the voting booth this year. Michigan has a well-entrenched medical and homegrown community. Now that recreational is legal there, watch out. Watch out. And this is someone who used to live in Ann Arbor. It's, it's part of that strain of uh, uh, John Sinclair and, 
and $5 decrim back in the 70s. But no, Michigan is a game changer. It's going to bring the new standard. I'm bringing, I'm bringing John Sinclair on for an interview in the next couple of weeks, my brother. Very good. Oh, yeah. Totally. So, 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 Jerry, in a forthcoming article you wrote uh, called Hemp, CBD, and Whole Plant Medicine, soon to be published in West Coast Leaf Magazine, you write, and I quote, in the green rush to hemp riches, farmers single-mindedly focus on CBD cultivars and processors take that hemp and extract CBD and often only CBD. CBD isolate and CBD distillate are sought after and valued for their purity. This is fine as long as you consider CBD or THC for that matter, an ingredient rather than an end product unto itself. Can you unpack that for us? Are you talking about whole plant therapy and the entourage effect? Yes, I am. So here's the deal. I Big props to Sanjay Gupta and Charlotte's Web bringing all of this, this uh, delight <clears throat> Uh, several years ago, talking about cannabidiol, CBD, and the use of uh, that as medicine for uh, people with epilepsy. And it's true. It's what got me started on this, this road with my son years ago. The thing is, one of the beauties of the cannabis plant is this huge constellation of chemicals, this wonderful mix of cannabinoids and terpenes and flavonoids that synergetically acting together, all of these things brings bring the, the wide expression of different strains. Maybe you're an OG Kush person as opposed to uh, uh, a lemon cheesecake tie or what have you. But these are, this is because of these mix of chemicals that act together. The same is true with CBD and THC and everything else. It's what's called the entourage effect is popular popularized by Dr. Ethan Russo. Um, so the resultant process to capture all of these things, you end up with the whole plant extract, or in Colorado, they talk about full spectrum. And what it means is you don't just go seeking out CBD. You grab a whole bunch of related things that act together synergetically to evoke the entourage effect. In Dr. Ethan Russo's paper, he talks about a little THC in the presence of CBD will make it act two and a half to three times as effectively. So you can't uh, fear THC and say, I want 100% CBD and only, well, that's that all what I call reductionist chemistry. When you pull out selectively uh, certain things, it means you're excluding other things. And here's another case where diversity matters. So uh, my, I say we all have our own styles. Uh, and I will say, on, and, and I'm glad to use this podcast as a forum. I used to be a dig my heels kind of guy about if it isn't whole plan, it's not worth it and full spectrum or nothing at all. But I realize that any amount of cannabis in pretty much any non-poisonous form is better than nothing at all. So if all you have available to you is a CBD isolate based product <clears throat> or, uh, or, or something else that is anything but whole plant and organic and everything else, you know, relax. The endocannabinoid I'm, system is so understimulated, something is better than nothing at all. I'm speaking to Jerry Whitey. We're going to take our first break here. We're from our sponsors and advertisers. Come back with our best questions. Time to roll out for the people that let us have present. Hang loose. We're coming right back. 
the smoke is rising and the next crop of podcasts devoted to cannabis providers and enthusiasts are ready to be harvested. Welcome to the Cannabis Radio Network, founded by respected rainmakers who have been producing award-winning podcasts for over a decade. Industry headlines, business updates, medical reports, marketing, and e-commerce education rolled up perfectly for your consumption. Let's grow together. The Cannabis Radio Network. CannabisRadio.com. Ignite the conversation on some trending topics along the Cannabis Radio social media network. Join our crew of thousands on our Cannabis Radio page on Facebook or at Canna Radio, C-A-N-N-A Radio on Twitter. Plus, look for our Facebook and Google Plus pages for all of our original programs and connect with Dr. Dina, Kyle Cushman, Dr. Mitch Earlywine, Nurse Heather, Doc Rob, the host of Gondrepreneur, and more. Connect with the growing Cannabis Radio social crusade at Canna Radio on Twitter or search for Cannabis Radio on Facebook, Google Plus, and Instagram and grow with us. Oh, let the marijuana llama tell you something now. Bought a game for your phone, gonna make you say, wow. The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash. Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash. Little by little, your empire grows large. Put the big celebrities inside your entourage. You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Chichin Chong. Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong. The name of the game is him pink, that's the point. Download and play while you light yourself a joint. The business of cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot-proofed by the man who run high times. Oh yeah, get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. We're back to Hemp Presents, only on Cannabis Radio. Now, back to our headstrong emperor of hemp, Vivian McPeak. And we're back on Cannabis Radio with Jerry Whiting. Jerry, uh, from that same article we just spoke about, you also write, one advantage of CBD isolate and distillate is the ability for manufacturers to scale up production while keeping the serving sizes and doses doses consistent. Could you please elucidate on that as well? So back in the day, a couple of years ago, when we were all muddling around in medical with the best of intentions, we didn't have a consistent plant material to work with and, you know, sort of more home brewers than, than, um, than factory beer. And so the results and the products were somewhat inconsistent, which made it hard for patients to get dose and serving size set. One of the advantages of having um, pure CBD is that when you mix it into a, a beverage or an edible or a gel cap or whatnot, each and every serving will be the same. And that's what patients want in order to calibrate their dosage. So, you know, I mean, the the ideal is to have people growing organically in a sustainable manner, hemp cultivars that yield great results for specific conditions and processors that make products that pull all these cannabinoids and terpenes. And we can get this harmony, this whole cacophony of of chemicals acting on our endocannabinoid system. So the vast majority of cannabis users know little to nothing about terpenes, uh, any of a large group of volatile and saturated hydrocarbons found in the essential oils of plants, which have a distinct effect on flavor and also the overall effect uh, of cannabis, I think. Can you talk a bit on how terpenes come into the picture? Why should cannabis enthusiasts care about terpenes? Terpenes are great. So the first thing you do when someone hands you uh, cannabis is you smell it and then you want to taste it. 
And it's due to the, these volatile chemicals called terpenes and other related compounds that give cannabis strains their unique flavor. And just as uh, a Kush acts differently than a, uh, uh, some other strain, they smell differently as well. And the saying is the nose knows. And so if it smells good to you, it's probably going to act well in relation to what you want and what you enjoy. So terpenes are important. I always, uh, uh, when I teach people uh, uh, preparation classes, I always say the terpenes are, you know, fourth this is as uh, important as the cannabinoids. How so? Well, the cannabinoids like THC and CBD and CBG, they do the heavy lifting. Think of it as a concert A, 440 cycles a second. But that sounds different on a tuning fork compared to a cathedral organ, compared to a Stradivarius, compared to a heavy metal guitar. Why the terpenes color the cannabinoid experience. Yeah, you got CBD and THC in a one-to-one ratio, but how was that expressed? What did it make you feel like? You know, what did it address in terms of symptomology? So the terps are really important. The nose knows. Smell it before you taste it. Terpene, terpene station. <laughs> oh, and you know, the last thing is, if you don't believe me, when you look at the, at the characteristics ascribed to uh, cannabis in relation to terpenes, it overlaps with aromatherapy and herbology. So is it any surprise that linalool, when found in cannabis, has that relaxing, sedating effect? It comes from lavender. Put lavender in your bath. You know, drink lavender tea. You're not going to get excited and start doing calisthenics. It's the opposite effect. Whether you ingest it in cannabis, you smell it, take a bath in it, or drink it. So yeah, the whole, the whole world of terpenes is that commonality between classical herbology, aromatherapy, and cannabis medicine. Let's talk about the CBD derived from euphoric cannabis that people smoke versus industrial hemp. Is there a difference? Is CBD the same regardless from where it's derived from hemp or, or cannabis, or should consumers care about where it's taken from? Well, it's always in context. So the chemical is the same. But if you're giving me a choice between um, uh, going to the farmer's market and buying organic um, potatoes versus getting um, French fries at McDonald's, they're they're the same tuber, but completely different context. So you really do want to find cannabis, uh, hemp, uh, CBD, any of it grown sustainably. And I know that in the past there was some issue with Chinese hemp grown um, uh, with, with heavy metal toxicity going on. But with domestic hemp cultivation, we're seeing hippies grow it. And we're seeing people applying sustainable um, permaculture practices to growing hemp in the U.S., which means that uh, some of us who've been railing for this for years, they're finally getting our say. Uh, Oregon, for instance, you know, there are people who get the certification, but quite honestly, there's little to no toxic hemp coming out of Oregon. It's just such a relief. You know, it's a cultural thing for us. Speaking of cultural things, uh, since the late 1960s, the Marijuana Research Lab at the University of Mississippi School of Pharmacy has been the only facility in the United States permitted by the federal government to cultivate and study cannabis. Shortly after renewing their contract with the National Institutes of Health and National Institute on Drug Abuse, NIDA, for a whopping sum of 68 million dollars plus university of mississippi has released a study regarding the discovery of seven new cannabinoids to add to the 113 already known how important is yes. that 
You know, it's, I think it's really important, no matter what those cannabinoids are or what they do. The reason I say that <clears throat> in an unqualified thing, we've always thought that this, this chemical mix was more complex than a, some simple Cartesian two-dimensional model. And that there are, you know, and coupled with the fact that these cannabinoids and terpenes and flavonoids are bioactive at incredibly small amounts. It's not like taking vitamin C to you know keep off a common cold. These are just just the smallest amounts of these nudges to these complex systems in our body as a response. So the fact that there are are data points that we can analyze with you know seven more or however many more is ultimately for the research community important, but it also broadens our appreciation of the plant as making these wonderful concoctions that have these physical, mystical, and, and, you know, beyond experiences for humans. Actually, for all mammals. All mammals have endocannabinoid systems. But for people, for thousands of years across the globe, we've all shared this thing that recently has been denied to us legally. And hemp, though it's not intoxicating, is, is definitely part of the normalization and rolling back this recent uh, repression. I mean, we've been denied our birthright. Yes, indeed, and we're taking it back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I got to say, you know, Mitch McConnell was the, the muscle to get the farm bill through uh, Congress, and it's the one thing that 45, the orange one, I applaud signing off without a bunch of hoorah uh, on December 20th. And just like there's 420, uh, it has been humbly submitted that 1220 become the day for hemp. Well, that just shows that nobody's all bad. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we're destined to win. You know, I look at it as, you know, this is playing out in a long timeline. It's been 70, 75 years since hemp was criminalized in the U.S. We're, we've rolled that back. Uh, it's downhill from here for the states to do the right thing. And the business will migrate to the states that have favorable opportunities to take advantage of this wonderful gift we've been given. So what else, what are we missing on the hemp bill? Uh, what other uh, important things should we be talking about? You know, let's, let's, I think we're going to just, well, the one thing that's a potential gotcha, while the DEA is no longer at the table, the FDA is, uh, has a webpage and has made some statements that, you know, food additives are under their domain as are uh, veterinary things. There's a huge movement uh, using hemp uh, CBD for dogs, cats, horses, and other animals. So they've said that three things that are a get-go from the given are um, hold hemp seeds, hemp oil, and uh, something else. But in terms of adding um, CBD isolate to beverages, uh, in terms of doing uh, CBD capsules for veterinarian veterinary uses, uh, they lay claim. They say this is our our thing. Here's my 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 sense. The horse has long since left the building. Elvis was riding it. There is no way they're going to stop what's going on now. What I hope the FDA does with a hint of wisdom is to go after the obvious bad actors, the people who are often selling bogus stuff online. Oh, and the third no-no no was um, you cannot make explicit health claims about symptom matchup, CBD, what it does, or any of that stuff. That's medicine. So you can't um, 
uh, I would imagine that they have a short list of people who are uh, claiming cancer cures and a bunch of other specific things on in the marketing, on the package, what have you. And that is definitely a no-no. And I would say, while I'm a strong advocate, um, we're talking about people's health. We're talking about the market providing products that consumers may not be able to discriminate between on their own and that keeping bad stuff off the shelf should be the FDA's priority. Will they end up being over-restrictive? A little late for that. You know, you can't outlaw it. You're not going to send SWAT teams into drugstores that have it on the end cap. Um, but I do want to see it. Um, you know, it'd be nice if people in, who made CBD products, if everyone had a food handler's permit and worked in a certified kitchen, that's just a baseline, common sense. You want that from junk food? I want that for CBD. I'm going to guess that. Put on I'll, a hairnet, hippie. <laughs> oh, totally. And really, it's not so much that you're working in a kitchen and you have to eat around about the boiling point. You need to think about pathogens and infection and clean versus you know, sterile as part of your habit and workflow. And I would love to see a foundation that the, that the industry, like much in the old days, medical marijuana, we would organize and regulate ourselves, the Cannabis Alliance here in Washington practices. State. Best practices. Because we'd rather be at the table with the proposal that we defend as opposed to having someone else impose something on us that we have to resist after the fact. We should take the lead here. This we've asked. We've we've been waiting for this for long enough. You know, it's ours. <laughs> I'm sorry, it's not theirs to define for us. Jerry, we got about one minute uh, for the break. Uh, what does LeBlanc CNE have coming up? Any exciting projects going on? Yeah, I my have I have one news resolution, and that is tissue culture. It's all well and good to have seeds and pollen, which I have lots of. Mothers tucked away to do cloning, but really, the way we're going to scale this up, let alone preserve stuff, is tissue culture. That's what I'm. That's what I'm all about this year. Well, I'm you know we're all about the cannabis culture, bro. <laughs> hey, that's what I'm. The tissue culture is you know, but I've got nice cultivars, and I like to see them uh, uh, preserved. Uh, unluted. So they're going to have a lot of pollen flying around all over. That's going to be a little messy for a while. But, um, you know, I have hemp for victory from uh, the Second World War. That stuff, that's American feral hemp, domesticated for 75 years here in good old U.S. of A. That doesn't need to disappear. It needs to be preserved. Well, we need to spread a little pollen around to our advertising sponsors. Take a quick break. Hear a word from the people paying the bills. And then we're going to come right back for final questions with Jerry Whiting from LeBlanc CNE. Time to roll out for the people that let us hemp present. Hang loose. We're coming right back. Cannabis industry professionals want to gain some new leads, make genuine business connections, and get premier brand exposure? This is your opportunity. NCIA's new industry socials are kicking off in Seattle, Portland, Las Vegas, Salt Lake City, and Phoenix in January. Register today using the promo code CANNABISRADIO20, all spelled in caps as one word, CANNABISRADIO20, to take 20% off at thecannabisindustry.org slash events. Sponsorship opportunities are available. Register today at thecannabisindustry.org slash events. Now available for pre-order through crowdfunding for just $14 plus $10 shipping. Pouches, premium mixing and rolling pouches allow you to carry and prepare your herbs for consumption with discretion and ease. 
These stylish pouches are handcrafted using strong zips, long-wearing buffalo leather outside, and smooth, cheap skin inside. A portion of proceeds go to fund vital medical research into cannabis for ADHD. See a demo and get yours now on Indiegogo or Pouches.com. That's P-O-U-C-H-Z.com. Are you ready to be inspired and educated by the best of the best in the cannabis industry while enjoying sunny South Florida? Then you cannot miss out on the second annual United States Cannabis Conference and Expo, August 2nd and 3rd at the Hyatt Regency in downtown Miami. The USCC Expo welcomes all cannabis business professionals, medical cannabis caregivers and clinicians, growers and dispensary owners to join us for another can't-miss event. Sponsored by the radio and podcast leader for all things cannabis, CannabisRadio.com. Learn more at usccexpo.com. We're back to Hemp Present, only on Cannabis Radio. Now, back to our headstrong emperor of hemp, Vivian McPeak. We're back with our final questions for Jerry Whiting from LeBlanc CNE. Jerry, speaking of LeBlanc CNE Incorporated, what do you guys do? How can people contact you? And what services might you provide them? Well, um, I come from the medical marijuana space now the last couple of years in hemp. Um, I have uh, a topical oil that I make with hemp root as well as flour, uh, as well as tinctures and some other things. What has been uh, small scale is now scaling up. That is my other resolution for 2019. Um, it will appear, it, there are people selling it all over the country who believed in it. It's going to make a big splash. But meanwhile, I too have a podcast at LeBlanc, C-N-E, L-E-B-L-A-N-C-C-N-E dot com. And uh, as uh, you were kind enough to mention, I write a monthly column on hemp for Northwest Leaf here out of Seattle. And uh, I run my mouth a bunch. You know, I'm on podcast. I am, have been honored to speak at HempFest. If you've never come to HempFest, third weekend in August, anywhere it is in the country, but the one here totally rocks. And uh, I'm looking to do tissue culture and uh, work in some uh, licensing stuff in terms of uh, open sourcing genetics so we don't lose this stuff through the Open Cannabis Project and, uh, you know, playing with the plant. You know, it's what I do. <laughs> Jerry, you're one of my favorite people in the cannabis industry, bro, and uh, and I also am honored to have been a guest on your uh, illustrious podcast, uh, Jerry Whiting from LeBlanc CNE Inc. Thank you so much for being on here, present, my brother. Oh, it is just a pleasure, you know. And if, if y'all could sit on the as a fly in the wall when Vivian and I are together face to face, it's even crazier than this. <laughs> a pleasure. Yeah. And, you know, big shout out to your audience. All right, bro. You take care and happy trails to you, man. Till next time. Likewise. Now, when I get to a few weekly feature of Hempresent on CannabisRadio.com, that's the quote of the week. And here it is, and I quote, everybody who has been in the industry before now has taken a risk. And frankly, I think it's proven to be a wise risk. But this farm bill, more than anything, takes away that risk. There is no longer going to be the specter of the DEA coming in and arresting people. And that is Kentucky attorney and hemp aficionado, Jonathan Miller. That concludes this installment of Hemp Zen on Cannabis Radio. I want to thank Brasco, my man in the control room, and all the Cannabis Radio sponsors and advertisers. Join me next week for some more reefer repartee and cannabis confabulation with some special hempo sapien on our journey to justice. 
justice as we silence the violence, increase the peace, and promote unity in the cannabis community with impunity. Because when it comes to prohibition, you got the right not to remain silent. Activism requires a voice, so find yours and speak up for justice because resistance is fertile. Till then, my friends, stay strong, stand tall, toke it easy. Don't forget to email me at hemppresent at gmail.com. The Hemp Present theme song, Take Back the Plants, performed by Sticker Bush and sung by a much younger version of myself. And remember, love trumps hate. Turn up the music, maestro, because I'm out. Marijuana! The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.